I'm Laura Harper-Lake. And I'm Sarah Reitzman, and you're you're listening listening to Creative Guts. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Creative Guts. We're back with another episode, and this week we're talking with Lindsay Castellan of Angry Gatto. Lindsay is an artist who dabbles in a little bit of everything, from sewing to jewelry making to sarcasm to illustrations and more. We're so excited to talk with Lindsay, so we got to get into this episode right now with Lindsay of Angry Gatto. (laughs) I was really proud of that. I came up with it on the spot. That's amazing. You executed it flawlessly. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay, for being on the Creative Guts podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And we're so excited. And I actually found your work, Angry Gatto Designs, through Etsy when I was looking up New Hampshire artists for the hashtag ShopNHCreatives directory that we have started. And yours was one of the ones I found where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shop New Hampshire Creatives. <laughs> and I bought a bunch of your stickers, which I love. And I love it when Etsy artists throw in a little bonus. And I got a bonus sticker of a cat with a mask on. And it's so cute. Yeah, that's uh, our Meow Scott Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not, the people always ask me where the name Angry Gato comes from. And it was just something like my husband's family said. They had a bunch of cats and like my husband's brother would take one cat and like put him on his head and he's usually a really chill cat but then he turned into an angry gato (laughs) and you know there were just these pictures and it was just this like this really fun idea then a few years later we got our own cat bowser who became the angry gato love it love it and love his name bowser is a great name for a cat yes Yes. We also have another cat named Ratchet, and she's a sweetheart, despite her name. (laughs) (laughs) I watched on your uh, Facebook page, probably on your Instagram, too, um, a video of you sketching Bowser, and it's very hilarious because, like, while you're sketching, you write these, like, silly notes in the column, like, oh, that eye, like, what's wrong with your eye, Bowser? Really cute. (laughs) Yeah, that was when I was exploring the uh, time-lapse feature in Procreate, and it was just like... You know, I could have fun with this. Also, what's with his eye? Really, though, (laughs) I just can't get this right. (laughs) So let's back up a second and talk about, (laughs) because it's really hard. We just want to jump right into everything. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your art, what people can expect when they go to check out your work? So what I love most about making art is also making people laugh and making people smile. I love bright colors. I I dabble in a whole bunch of different media. I think that, um, you know, graphic design is something that I'm drawn towards, but I once applied to art school and I was wanting to do like sculpture and they were like, what? I mean, <laughs> I wasn't able to go for financial reasons. I did get accepted, but like I, I've been in that kind of in-between world between all kinds of different media and all kinds of different, like, you know, thinking, well, what is it that I like to do? Mm-hmm. What really kind of grabs me are those fun images people are always saying like oh you should make that into a t-shirt or you know something like that and so I I play around with fun imagery I mean you know the the cat with the space helmet on oh my god I love him he's on my my iPad case which is like the glory destination for stickers in my house so it's it's really awesome I love it yeah and I was like giving those away to people at work just like hey 
you're a cool person. Here you go. <laughs> you make the cut. Here's yeah, the yeah. And then you just see like, oh, yes, I get a cat sticker. <laughs> and it's like those kinds of things are what's really rewarding. And like, you know, those kind of whimsical and, you know, fun, just kind of like an, you know, an iconic thing that really resonates with people. Uh, my work right now has been a lot um, angled towards the absurdity of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's been nutty. <laughs> it has been. It, it really has been. And what got me started on where I am now is I just started making a ton of masks. And masks, I, I mean, I still make them. I, I like the fun prints. I like, you know, something that's going to help people out, but also make them smile. Yeah. Despite like all the crap things that are going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it's hard to pin down exactly what I'm doing, but like I can pin it down a little more. I've been playing a lot with the laser cutting lately at Port City Makerspace, which is uh, my home away from home. <laughs> <laughs> plug for the Makerspace. Yes, plug for the Makerspace. I, I love it there. And that's just allowed me to kind of explore with other things that I might not have had like in my tiny house. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's one of the beautiful things about it. Like you don't have to invest in all that equipment and the room that it takes up. And yeah. So you do, I mean, a lot of sort of everything. And I sort of like looking through your stuff, I'm like, okay, stickers and illustrations and, you know, you can sew and you're doing this laser cutting stuff. And like all of that is really fantastic. Like where, where sort of like the roots of your creativity? Where did you start and what did you find and how? I was thinking about this on my way over because, you know, I've, I've listened to, you know, at least one episode of the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll, I'll have listened to many more. But, you know, thinking about, like, where are the roots of my creativity? Like, where, when did you first realize you were creative? And I was just always making stuff as a kid. Like, if I needed something or if I wanted something... I would just try and make it. Mm. Or mm-hmm. if I you know, wanted to experience something, I would find a way to make it happen. Um, one of my favorite things was, you know, building stuff out of popsicle sticks. Or like, oh, you know, we're not going to go to this restaurant that has these really good breadsticks that I like. How can I make them out of white bread? Yeah, cool. <laughs> That's like my family is like my childhood claim to fame was, you know, making crappy little breadsticks out of white <laughs> bread and Parmesan. <laughs> Like, you'd go over to my great-grandma's house, Lindsay, make your breadsticks. So my next question is, what's the recipe? (laughs) I mean, literally, white bread, butter, parmesan, maybe oregano, if you're fancy. And, you know, when I was a kid, I, I don't know, I just did, like, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. Um, And it was really hard when, you know, people would ask, like, if I was applying to art school, what's your medium? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel you. I make stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Yeah, That's all of like it. That's like my yeah. answer. All yeah, of it. All of it. <laughs> like, I, I've never met a thing I didn't like. Yeah. And, you know, I uh, was talking on the meet and make about, like, you know, you were saying woodblock carving. And I bought myself a little, you know, woodblock carving set. But it's really driven by curiosity and yeah. different ways to, to play around with mm-hmm. the materials that you have. Ooh, yeah. Bowser would make a great woodblock. Yes, he would. should definitely carve him. Yes. <laughs> so cute. Yes. I started off, I've done like two so far. And one was like an adaptation of a chef kitten that I drew. It was very primitive or mm. very basic <laughs> rendition of this chef cat. But still like cute in its own way. Like it prints <laughs> terribly, but it's kind of neat in its own little way. Um. So 
I was excited because I think I, I texted Laura and I said, you know, hey, have we ever had anybody on the podcast who could sew? I couldn't like think back through our episodes. I'm like, I don't think we've ever talked to a sewer. Yeah. And I'm a sewer, so I'm really excited to talk to another sewer. <laughs> so I was looking through all your stuff like a, you know, a, 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 we call it, you know, podcast interview research, but really it was just like, you know, total creepy stalking you. Yes. And I saw that like you made your own pants. So tell us a little bit about like, you know, learning how to sew and when you did that and how much COVID has driven your sort of like evolution there too. Oh, absolutely. So my mom had this old singer sewing machine that weighed like 40 pounds and she said that it was broken. And I was a teenager at the time and I was like, well, let's, let's just check it out. (laughs) And it turns out it was like not threaded correctly or something like it was perfectly fine. And so I would just, you know, in the middle of my, you know, dumpster diving with friends to find cool things to make art out of and, you know, all of that, those kinds of shenanigans, I just taught myself how to sew. And the things that I would make would be like girts and little punk rock bags. Mm. Like when I was in college, I brought my sewing machine with me. My, when I was in college the first time, my college road has been a bit <laughs> like up Whiny. and down, back and forth all around. <laughs> um, and, you know, I made bags for people and they were like, oh, cool. Like, can you make me one? And then I mean, I don't think I ever really made it into a full-fledged side gig, but uh, it was it was still pretty cool. Um, and it was just a lot of messing around. Yeah. You figured out the backstitch pretty easily. And from there, it's like, all right, so this is how you sew a straight line. Let's try a curved line. <laughs> like, let's try piecing this all together. So it was a lot of, like, trial and error. And when I first started, it wasn't, like, in the days of YouTube where you can just be like, okay, how do I make this hat? <laughs> Like, it, it was really just like, oh, well, I guess I messed that up. I'll, I'll rip it out and try again. It feels like frontier land. Like, yeah. I'm going to go, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, figure it out, you know. Well, and, and I really love that that way of thinking, mm-hmm. too. And that's a lot of what drives me as a creative is just like, well, I have this idea or this sounds interesting. Let's try it out. Yeah. My degree is in um, in science. So I do have a little bit of a scientific. What kind <laughs> of science? Um. Sustainable agriculture. Oh, very cool. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, over at UNH. <laughs> Graduated when Wild I was 27. Cats. <laughs> but it was fun. I can totally know? relate to that. <laughs> and it, after a while, I kind of figured out I was trying to fit myself into a box when it came to my art, when it's really, I'm a creative scientist sometimes. I'm going and just, let's see what works. Let's see what doesn't. Yeah. And So getting back to your question about COVID, um, you know, I'd been sewing for a bit off and on, like I'd made a couple quilts, but you know, for the most part, my sewing machine kind of just sat in storage. Yep. And of course, when COVID first hit, I, like everyone else, was terrified um, and just did not know what to do with myself. Um, I, you know, have pre-existing health-related anxiety, so (laughs) that was real fun. (laughs) Yep. And so it's like, oh, well, now the entire world gets to know what it feels like. That's interesting. (laughs) Welcome to my world. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But um, I, I stumbled upon this effort um, Seacoast mask makers. Yeah. And I looked at the, uh, the pattern that they were using. You know, I could probably figure that out. So I bought some fabric. Cat unicorns, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried it out. Like, it wasn't nearly as straightforward as I was hoping it would be. 
And then, of course, there were supply shortages like um, right. elastics. Um, and, I mean, fabric wasn't so bad, but you had to go and pick up at Joann's and wait for them to, you know, find your stuff and everything. All of the people at Joann's are lovely. But I ended up just having that as a focus. Once I figured out like how to make the masks, it gave me a sense of purpose and a sense of direction. Mm. And then uh, when I started selling them, it was kind of in response to something that just made me annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd had an Etsy shop for a while, but I hadn't really done anything with it for a long time. And I just kept getting people asking, like, hey, can you make me a mask that's like the one that you are posting on Instagram? Like, oh, that sloth yoga fabric. I need that in my life. (laughs) And I was just like, I mean, I'm making these, like, to donate. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you want to pay me, then maybe I can send you some. And so that's how that started. Yeah. Um, And then as I've been going on, it's become a really great way to continue doing things. And as my business has, you know, grown, because um, it has grown, oh my goodness, <laughs> it's just given me more things to explore and more things to try out. It's given me an avenue to go and like experiment with things and get ideas yeah. and think about like, okay, well, you know, masks are cool. What would make a mask better? Or what, what is something that somebody might need that has a mask? Um, I have now like mask organizers, little like hook boards yes. to hang on your wall. They're super cute. I and I put my prototype, which is a little you know messed up, on our wall. It's also hung a little crookedly, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it was so much better than the basket of masks yeah, that yep. I had yep. that you'd have to dig through. Um, but it's you know. Thinking about, okay, so how can we take this thing that is causing people so much stress, so much anxiety, so much, you know, all kinds of feelings that are not positive. Yeah. And how can I help it be a little better? And, you know, so I have one mask board that's like, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. (laughs) It's my most popular one. (laughs) It's popular with nerds. Yeah, nerds. Nerds unite. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, my really... husband's got a mug that is like, take the, you know, for coffee, you know, yes. it's very, I, yeah, but we love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've experimented with some more like niche. Um, one of those is, well, I was thinking about how people have started doing sourdough and kombucha. Yeah. Yes. I saw that. <laughs> yes. And I mean, I am one of those people. <laughs> I, I mean, my sourdough, I'm trying to revive. I'm doing a terrible job. I think it's dead, which is sad to me because I want it to be oh, like no. the pandemic starter that survives for generations, mm. <laughs> this like historical relic, but that might not, that might not pan out. Um, Whenever people say sourdough, it just makes me think of Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Charles. <laughs> he, he had a, a, a mother dough that yeah, was like... Dough. <laughs> Yeah, but, I, but you have a cover for those. Yeah, I do. And I just so kind cool. of created them because I was like, well, who knows? Somebody might might want this. And yeah. one of them says, um, and it's not it's not really original, but um, support bacteria. It's the only culture some of us have. Yeah. People love that one. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. Adorable. <laughs> yeah. But I thought like at first I was like, yeah, people might buy this. And then I was like, but will they? And a lot of people really like them. Yeah. I mean, they're not the most popular thing that I have, but people do, like, take notice of them. Yeah. 
And that's just really interesting to me. Like, I like the kind of psychology behind Mm -hmm. a lot of things, too. So, yeah, I think in the grand scheme of things, me being a creative is me also having a ton of different interests. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I feel I feel so much that way. I'm an interdisciplinary artist, too. So I kind of dive in all directions. And I feel like as a person, I'm pretty eclectic in that, like, I like super nerdy stuff, but I also like to play sports and I like to, you know, dive into the art world. And then I'm super into the music indie scene. Like I just, you know, am always like growing all these different interests, like bacteria. And so (laughs) it's these types of things when you have like a niche thing, it's a great uniter because you're not alone in that little niche thing. Like, you know, there are other nerds or music fans or whatever out there that are in that realm. So there's also other people that love making their sourdough starters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it's really cool to meet someone who was part of the, the Seacoast mask makers because that was, I mean, I was sitting at home not being helpful, but you know, I was sitting at home with my sewing machine in the closet where it belongs tucked away. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know, not contributing, but I'm watching the Seacoast mask makers who just donated what like hundreds of masks. Oh, it was it was I think over it's it was tens of thousands. Amazing. Yeah. Holy smokes. Completely amazing. Yeah. And yeah. another plug for Port City Makerspace at the same time they were uh 3D printing the yeah. little ear saver things. Yeah. So you had this like really beautiful collaborative mm-hmm. like leap into action save the world kind of little project going on. It was really fantastic. Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think that also was a really empowering force for people because you know you yeah. felt helpless. Yep. Nobody has been in this situation before in living memory. Um, I mean, maybe some people. People, but like 1918 was a very long time ago yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know you feel so powerless and you feel like I mean everybody's just at a loss for what to do and you know in those early days when we didn't really know what was going on you just didn't have another option except to sit there and be terrified right. but you know having something to do I think that really galvanized a lot of people and thinking there is a way that I can help in my own way. Yeah. I think also introducing um, art and fashion and creativity into the masks, not only, you know, was fun for you to do and exciting in that creative sense, but I feel like there's some people that are just not into masks and they don't see the merit and whatever, but you got to think some people that wear masks are those people, but they fell in love with the look of them and the you know, the fashion of them, they've become such a more, I mean, completely, utterly acceptable thing. Yeah. Like, you know, China, they wore masks a bunch as just a regular everyday thing because of their environment in certain situations. And when we, you know, prior to COVID wearing a mask here meant, you know, you were contagious or something was wrong with you. And it was very off-putting in a way. And now like, it's just another, it's just putting on your hat. It's just so automatic. And adding that creativity, I think probably eased people that were resistant into it because they could put their political statement on there. They could put, you know, just like their favorite anime on there. They could do whatever they want, you know? And I have so many masks now that match a bunch of different outfits and I can, if I want, (laughs) you just looked at my shirt. Like you didn't do it today, Laura. No, you're matching. You're very much matching. I feel like you I'm have clashing. Like, no, you have like a yellow maroon thing okay. going on. You have a little like you know but yellow in the mask, yellow in the shirt. It's pattern versus pattern, though. <laughs> That's fine. I'll I, allow it. I felt a little bad about it. I'm glad you like it. So there's like a, a whole psychology around like wearing a mask and and you know that statement you're putting into the world as far as how it looks so yeah you're helping yeah. make people wear them by looking cool. Well, and that's one of the other things too. I mean. 
the whole idea of choosing the cat unicorn fabric Mm -hmm. to make my first masks out of. It's like, well, if I'm going to do this, I at least want to have something that's going to make me smile. Yeah. And wearing a mask is not something that anybody really relishes or looks forward to or (laughs) might not be their favorite piece of, you know, fashion. (laughs) Um, and especially in the early days when a lot of people were resistant to mm-hmm. wearing masks. Yeah. You know, me putting forward masks that people really liked or people thought were cute, it's something that um, kind of helped normalize but also make them feel better about mm-hmm. this choice that they're making. Yeah. Even when, like, maybe the social proof wasn't there yet. Must have been helpful for kids, too, because you were making really fun kid masks, right? Yeah. um, I didn't make too many of them, but I did get one. um, One of my friends from high school, she has a daughter, and um, she bought some fox print masks, which the foxes are fantastic. They're like little nerdy foxes. Oh, I love them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so she bought one, and her daughter really loves foxes. And she was like, can you, like, do you make kids masks? Could you make one? Because she's, like, really not into masks at all. Mm. She thinks they're scary. And Uh. so I was like, of course I can. And I made her, you know, a little mask after some, you know, fiddling around and trying it on on the cat picture. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to find that after. (laughs) I think it's on my Instagram somewhere. I've seen it. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's ratchet. The cat looks mad. But yeah, I I made her a little mask. um, And then I I think I also made like some little, I don't know, like a little pillow or something like that to go along with it. Wrote her a little note. And so cute. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully, like I know that at first, like her mom was saying, yeah, she's still not into the mask. But over time, she she gave it a chance and she got more accustomed to it. And she sent me a picture of of her little girl and her little mask. Oh, that's so cute. That's exciting. That's wicked yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. This is a sidetrack, but have you ever made animal bandanas? No, but I really wanted to make cat bow ties. Yes. <laughs> I could totally, because it's so like playful and colorful, I am one of those people that likes to dress my pets up a bit. So both my, I have a dog and cat. Both Max has his, you know, sweaters and his bandanas. The cat is far more resistant, but I've done bow ties and bandanas and and crowns. And I would love to see like prints, like really fun prints on animals. And that's a lot, that's a bit harder to find if you look and you shop, you know, on Amazon or something, you find a lot of like basic standard patterns and stuff. And so I could see your work lending in that direction, especially with your name of your business, you know, some, some kitty fashion (laughs) could be kind of cool. Yes. Yes. I have some, you know, bow ties and I've just been kind of trying to figure out that was like a well, I'm not going to make masks forever, so I have to transition into something else, yeah. right? I mean, the masks, I've still been making them. Yeah, because <laughs> we're still wearing them. I know, we're still wearing them. Um, and I actually think past COVID, whatever that means or whenever it is, in the winter, I might still wear masks because they're darn warm on your mm-hmm. face. That's so true. And there's still the flu and cold, and there will still be COVID just because we, you know, it'll still exist and other stuff mm-hmm. will exist. And I think in the wintertime when things are a little bit easier to spread, I kind of like wearing it. So it might not fully ever go away. Yeah. 
Well, and I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how things kind of evolve socially, mm-hmm. especially around mask wearing. Yeah. Because I think it's, you know, really accepted now. And it's funny because sometimes I just don't even notice that people are wearing masks anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you connect with people's eyes a bit more. That's really all you can look at besides their masks. <laughs> right. You know, and it's a little bit more soulful. I yes. find it harder to recognize people, though. Well, that too. <laughs> no, it's, it, it can be a bit hard. And then, like, people that you just meet, you don't know what else they look like. I know. Yeah. We fortunately saw you on the meet and make, but yes. the, the interviewee that we had prior to you, except for social media, I don't know what her face looks like in person because <laughs> we just saw her mask. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird world we live in. It is. Yes. Uh, I uh, was at the Kittery Community Market this past weekend, and so many people were just like, who would have thought last year that we'd be here selling masks? I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Speaking of markets, you've been doing some markets and selling yeah. some stuff. Tell us a little bit about your experience, like monetizing your work in that way. It's been really interesting. So um, when I first started selling the the masks. It was like, oh, well, I guess somebody just like found this and, you know, whatever. And then as time went on and people like more consistently were, you know, buying masks and then I was putting other things out there and people were buying those things. It was like, oh, huh. Maybe <laughs> people like this. <laughs> um, Do you have um, imposter syndrome or doubt in a way? Or are you just like, what? what is that surprise that people like your stuff? I, I think that a lot of it does come from imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I think I've gotten better about it over the years. Good. Because, you know, when I was younger and I was really trying to take my art seriously, it was a lot of just me spinning my wheels and not knowing what to do. You know, I, I had my artwork in a couple of local galleries or, you know, a tattoo shop and things like that. But, you know, it was it was tough for me to like really believe that. And even, you know, when I was in like eighth grade, we had our eighth grade graduation (laughs) as, you know, some places do. And they did like superlative. So, oh, who's most likely to do this or who's the most this? And I got pulled aside by a teacher or something and said, you are, um, you've been selected as one of the most creative. And I was like, what? (laughs) It was, it it really honestly confused me because I was like, well, what even is that? Like what? And it's just, it's like the background of my life is, you know, those things that I do. I kind of think of it as normal, but also it's like, well, why is that remarkable? Right. And so over the years, I think I've been able to take more ownership of that, especially like, you know, recently with my sales in my Etsy shop. And, you know, selling masks and things like that. And then selling, you know, my other stuff and people recognizing the work that I do. Um, In my job, I actually have a chance to do, you know, some light design work. It's not like I'm I'm a designer at my company or anything. But, you know, if we need something pretty, people ask me for it. (laughs) And so I've gotten more comfortable in those skills and being able to take ownership. But there's still that lingering bit of like, well, what is it that that's so remarkable? But then at the other side of it, it's like sometimes I feel like my experience is very different than other people's. And sometimes I internalize that a bit. Like, you know, people that have gone to art school, you know, they have these like very um, similar experiences. And for me, it's like, well, I started out <laughs> going to college for like a double major in art and political science. And then, you know, dropped out, went to community college, went to art school for one class. And that was actually terrible. 
it was jewelry and it was in Boston. I lived in Kittery. Oh my god! So that's the reason why. Yeah. <laughs> That'll um, do it. <laughs> it. It's not because like the instruction was lacking or anything. It was just everything surrounding actually getting the work done. And so, you know, I've just bounced around to different things. And, you know, I, I think I am like a, a bit of a multi-potentialite. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're like that, you're just like, well, but I'm not like, there isn't something that's my thing. Um, and sometimes that can get disheartening. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think like now it's getting more comfortable. I'm getting more confident. And also I just love going to a new market and being like, look what I just did to my booth. It looks so much nicer now. <laughs> Booth design. Yes, booth design. <laughs> and my husband, he is my um, unsung hero partner in all of these things. Um, he's not really art inclined, um, but he supports me and like helps carry my stuff. <laughs> um, which is not a small job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's not something that I ever want to underappreciate about him. And he also like he's usually very shy and reserved, but. He'll, you know, engage people at the booth and he'll help me bag things. And it's just been really wonderful. And so we like kind of work together and it's like, you know, we had um, our first market was literally just like a table and stuff. (laughs) And we had to borrow a tent from the the market and we didn't know how to do like anything. We came (laughs) with a cloth tablecloth and they were like, no, because of COVID, we need a vinyl tablecloth. Oh. So, um, but yeah, it's really funny looking at the kind of before and after. Mm, Because- The evolution. Yeah, the evolution. (laughs) And each time it's like, yeah, this is something. And it's something that like I care about, but also I can kind of separate myself from a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. It's something I'm putting out in the world and, you know, I'm not necessarily taking it really personally, but it's a personal expression. I love that. Yeah. I love that thinking because you can get kind of bogged down into being too connected. And then when someone doesn't like it or buy it or, you know, has a reaction that you don't understand, it's like, what do you got against me? What did I do? You right. know, it's, yeah. it feels personal when, you know, it's not always everyone's cup of tea or it's not the right time or whatever. Yeah. And, um... There was like this book that I read one time and I don't even remember like who wrote it or whatever. It was a very short book, but the title of it just spoke volumes to me. I'm not for everyone and neither are you. (laughs) Perfect. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so going back to like this feeling of, oh, I'm different or I have this like different path or I feel like I don't relate or belong or, you know, any of those stories that I tell myself. It's also kind of a comfort to be like, well, yeah, so what? I I have this path and you know, I have this art. I have these things I put out into the world and they're going to resonate with some people and they're not going to resonate with others. Mm-hmm. But the people that they resonate with are my kind of people. Yeah. Yep. You want to know those friends. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I think, unless you have any bigger things, I think it's time for rapid fire questions. Rapid fire! This is where we ask pretty quick questions and hopefully get pretty quick answers. It's not always the case. All right. But that's what we're striving for. Yes. (laughs) It's good to have a goal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I will start. What other artist has influenced you the most? Um, I'm really into Noosh Studios right now. Um, They're... uh, woodblock carving they have a a wonderful instagram they've just got such um 
such like iconic and cartoonish things that they um, that this guy carves into wood, and it's just so much fun. And he paints the wood blocks and then prints them. Oh, cool! And he just does these time lapse things, and it's just like whenever I see something, I'm just like I'm gonna watch this 18 times. What is it called? Um, Noosh, N O O S H. We always look up everything everyone recommends to us. Yes, <laughs> stuff is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, like, got the bright colors and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, in my wood block printing, I'm just, like, I want that in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to do that. Uh, what is your favorite color? Uh, it changes, but anything bright. Usually bright blue, bright green are things I gravitate towards. What? Although purple is also a serious contender. I used to have purple <laughs> hair. Oh, nice. Yeah. Purple's also been on and off my favorite color. It's just one of those colors that comes back. Yeah. (laughs) What is your favorite scent? So I have a few, but um, there is one candle that I have that I got at Target. Oh, my God. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Don't be white pine. No, it's not white pine. That would have been The person we just interviewed said a Target candle (laughs) as her answer as well. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) But it was, but I was like, I just said, I just thought like, Dijon. Oh, <laughs> <Like> candle. <laughs> but sorry, what is the what is the scent? Um, lavender lemonade, and it's Ooh. like it tastes like you could just drink it. Oh my god! Um, it melts away my stress, and I've had it for quite a few years. It's still got a pretty good scent. It sounds like summertime. Oh, that's it's lovely. just it's delightful. And whenever I'm like super stressed, I just go and like whiff the candle. I'm like, <laughs> <sighs> I, it's so funny. I have a Target candle that I get constantly. It's the, um, it's I don't know if it's it's orange amaretto, and I am obsessed with that. It's like it's citrusy, but like kind of silky and yummy, and oh, it's really good. Yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah. What's your favorite sound? Loons. Loons oh, on a lake. that's a good one. Uh, what's your favorite texture to touch? I am actually a very tactile person. Um, and I love little like fidget toys, mm. but I think one of my favorite things to touch is just like dry beans. Mm-hmm. They're they're very satisfying. Have you seen Amelie? Yes, she yes. puts her hand in the bag of beans. I'm <laughs> jealous of that life. <laughs> I am jealous of the yeah, whole yeah. freaking life. That's oh, my, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I have like a um a little. I don't know, something that I sewed and I filled it with beans and it's just like this nice little, little tactile toy that I have. (laughs) I love it. Uh, What is the most inspiring location you've traveled to? Well, I've traveled to Italy and it was really great for culinary purposes. Mm -hmm. I had the best pizza of my life and it was gluten-free because I'm gluten-free. So um, that's rad. That was amazing. And it, but I think I'll have to say, even though Italy was amazing, I really love Quebec City. Oh. And it's just, yeah, there's something about it that just makes me want to sit down and, like, draw things mm. and, like, just create. Yes. One of the last times I went there, I actually came home and, like, just did a bunch of art. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is a two-parter. Very important question. Are you, Do you like Harry Potter? And if so, what Harry Potter house would you be in? Uh, yes. Although, you know, the current... Drama around the creator, yeah. that aside. Yeah. <laughs> we can separate the art from the artist, yes. right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes, I enjoy Harry Potter. I would be in Gryffindor. 
I've taken the test. Oh, nice. <laughs> the test. The, the sorting. I've been sorted, you guys. What is the last new thing you've learned? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, there's one thing I think I keep coming back to, and it's more of a, like, cerebral kind of thing. And it does kind of tie into what we've been talking about and just, like, a lesson I've learned about myself is that my successful coping mechanisms have been rooted in my strengths. That is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Like, I took the um, VIA Inventory of Character Strengths test, which you can take for free online. I took it a number of years ago when I was, like, uh, reading a lot about positive psychology and things like that. And I've saved those. And as I've been like going through this year specifically, I just see those show up again and again. And it just seems like, yeah, this makes sense. Mm. Like, and I'm in a pretty good mental place, all things considered, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I really credit, and it's something I've realized recently that like, okay, I'm doing this because I'm drawn to do this because this is my strength. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like swimming in it. I'm going to need to noodle on that for a couple of days. <laughs> Go take the test. I'm definitely yeah. going to. Yeah. I, no, I've been telling everybody to take the test since I've like had this thought. And I'm like, I want to see it. I kept yeah. telling my mom this morning, mom, you have to take the test. I want to see what your strengths are and how they show up in your life. I, I want to see what mine are. Like, yeah, me too. I wonder <laughs> if what I think is a strength isn't or yeah. vice versa. You yeah. know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it has been so awesome talking to you and getting to know you. I love obsessing about someone's art. Like I'm so in love with my stickers that I got. <laughs> like I'm just so into them. And then to meet the creator and just, yeah. Find out how you, you know, how you got into it, why you do it all. You know, like yeah. I feel such a kinship, especially with another interdisciplinary artist. I just think like this, the reason we do this podcast is just this, like it's selfishly yeah. just to connect with, you know, you folks. And so this has been such a pleasure. Oh, it's been an absolute delight. And I'm so glad that, you know, we had the time and that we've crossed paths. I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, too, for being available at 7 p.m. on a Monday randomly. Oh, <laughs> that is also my pleasure. And I got to drive through the lovely streets of Exeter, mm -hmm. which is not a place I get to go very often. I mean, these days, especially. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. It's um, a pretty little town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially is. with the lights. Now. Very charming. <laughs> Thank you again. And with that, show, show us your creative guts. guts. Another huge thank you to Lindsay for joining us on the Creative Guts podcast. Such an awesome body of work with a foundation of curiosity and exploring that I adore. It was such a pleasure to connect with her. I am pumped to see her again in person. I'm sure we'll see her at another meet and make. And it was it was just so much fun. It was so cool meeting Lindsay online last week at our virtual meet and make. And then spontaneously inviting her to come and join us tonight and getting to meet her in person tonight. So Lindsay, you, just like your art, are so much fun. You have no doubt accomplished your goal of making people smile. If you want to check out Lindsay's stuff, you can find Angry Gato on the web at angrygatodesigns.com. From there, you'll find links to Angry Gato's Facebook, Instagram, and Etsy. You got to go check it out. I did another pun. I copied <laughs> Laura's pun. <laughs> it's so good. 
As always, you'll find all those links and more at creativegutspodcast.com on Facebook and Instagram, where our handle is Creative Guts Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Guts. We will see you next time. Another huge thank you to Lindsay for joining us on Creative Guts. She had such an awesome... Uh, We did not record the intro. Oh my goodness. (laughs) How embarrassing. (laughs) Let's start with the conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) What the f***? (laughs) Sorry. I'm literally starting to type what you've already written about the meat and make. I hate doing two interviews back to back because then my face hurts from smiling. It's so bad. I always feel bad on the second episode because I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. (laughs) But, I mean, they don't see that anymore. (laughs) This week, we're talking with Lindsay... (laughs) 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 Let's do this one again that I just started to try to do. You did such a good job the first time. I hope you... uh... (laughs) No, I didn't. I f***ed it up. (laughs) You little shit. (laughs) um if you do make a bump or if you make a whoopsie and accidentally say something weird (laughs) like make a whoopsie (laughs) i didn't mean a fart but that's what it sounds like when i said it um that too but actually uh if you accidentally like